0: The M-Store, where they're all Grizz, all the time.
2: Connections are what bring us together. Whether halfway around the world or in the office next door, Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4
1: o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanez, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN radio for western Montana and across the state on SWX television. I like
3: football! No.
1: Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. One more time. Hello, Montana. I couldn't time it exactly right with the extra language in there. It didn't, you know, didn't quite hit the moment, but you get the idea. Hey, the Grizzlies upset winners over the Huskies last night and 25 years and a day to the day. We hear from Dave Dickinson after the Montana Grizzlies 1995 National Football Champions. Hi, how are you? It is Two New Nuwana's on 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Outstanding to be with you. So happy to be here on a Thursday. As you know, was out a little bit. Kind of did some phoner stuff last week. It was supposed to be my last week with that, but you know I can't go out like that. Had to get myself all the way back and get in here and do one more in-studio. Of course, I show up here, and Coulter's nowhere to be found. What kind of show would it be if he was sitting in here when the show was on? That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. But I'm here, and I'm very happy to be with you once again one more time. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. First of all, how great. I'm so happy I'm coming back for this show after the Montana Grizzlies walk into Seattle and walk out with a dub at the UW 66-58 last night. The Montana men's basketball team picking up their second win of the year uh in in surprise in upset fashion but also i would say uh in very non-fluky fashion they were the better basketball team last night stem to stern outstanding win uh for coach travis DeCure. outside of what's on the line of course when you go to uh, a tournament uh setting you know winning a big sky conference and that sort of thing individual game Best win of Travis DeCure's career uh, last night against the University of Washington, in my opinion. So uh, we will get into uh, that game, what happened last night. Great win for uh, for the uh, Montana Grizzlies there. We also, now we're going to do this today because, you know, normally we do it on Friday, but, you know, this is the last day for me. Ty Gregorak going to be in tomorrow. Can't wait for that. But the chick who doesn't know sports, we're going to have a special Thursday edition with Carolyn here today. We're also going to have a couple of fun moments, I think, here today, one of which is going to revisit what I think is probably my very best sports moment from the time that I've been on this show, okay? So just on the sports side of things, what we're going to get to, we'll do a little of that in this hour. Next hour, Dave Dickinson, the uh, quarterback, the captain, the leader of the 1995 Montana Grizzly football team, the senior on that team that led the Grizzlies to their very first national championship yesterday, was the official 25th anniversary to the day of the Grizzlies winning that national championship back in 1995. You heard Coulter talk about it a little bit yesterday if you were with us then, but today we are going to uh, uh, play for you a, uh, a portion of our conversation, an excerpt from it, and the full episode of uh, of our conversation with Dave Dickinson from Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions. It is up now. You can listen to it in, in total, but we will bring you a piece of that here on your radios uh, at the top of the hour. And also, in the next hour, we'll do some picks against the spread. Uh, hopefully, we'll walk out of here with a little bit of fun. Have a nice, uh, have a nice kind of sending off. And also, I believe this is true. Now, you know, you gotta confirm these things, but I believe one Tucker Sargent is gonna stop by uh, with us today. So I'm looking forward to that. One thing I'm very happy about, though, very happy about, here on the last show that I'm I'm doing on air as a part of this thing is we go full circle in the production room with our dear friend, esteemed engineer, and long time uh, well, making it happen, the only person who could have made it happen with us, Tommy Evans. Tommy, it is wonderful to see you. Good to Uh, see you. Of course, I get to see you regularly. Now, again, you came in here and you set up this studio. and moved into the new studio. That's right. And I I see that you don't like me because what you said was, I'm going to make you face away from me. You can't look at me even though there's a window when that was supposed to be the deal for me to be able to like communicate with you. I gotta turn all the way around here. I got my video on so I can look at you in this thing, but it's nice to see you, my friend. A lot of years you and I working together and building this doggone thing from from the ground up, and by we, I mean you. <laughs> so we've had a lot of interesting moments <laughs> thank uh, on you the for air, that and for keeping it on the air uh, which you know has not always been guaranteed throughout the years
0: <laughs> that's exactly right
1: yeah well it's on the air today god bless you so uh yeah. tommy it's good to have you back there let's go through it you want to be a part of it we're happy to take your calls 361-3688-361-3688 361-3688 is the phone number all guests join us via the Regis brothers rv phone line you can also listen via the live stream team of T, t, uh, Tommy, can people actually listen on the live stream?
0: You better believe they okay. can. 1029ESPN.com. Tune in radio app. Could we got a little PSA here? Let's do it. If, you have, if you're looking to listen live and it's not working, close your browser, open it again, or just try a different browser. There's sometimes, the, I don't know why, but like sometimes the first try, of a lot of browsers don't work. But, but I've, I've, I, basically, everybody that's texted me, which I appreciate it, if you want yep, to listen to yep, the show, yep. God bless you. We love it. Yep. But it works. You just got to make it work. And it, That's it Ryan with his iPhone today. He That's couldn't right. get his iPhone working.
1: Couldn't get the phone working. Uh, and uh, yeah, t- Tommy gave me the sage advice as any engineer does: shut it off and turn it on again. Wait, yeah. so you didn't try that? <laughs> well, what? what? You know, it's supposed to work, man. It's a new phone. Anyway, uh, the stream, which does work, is brought to us by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, drop by the Opportunity Bank and uh, show, see everything that they got for you. Your local bank. Your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, let's take a look here at last night, shall we? I mean, we got a bunch to do today, but we gotta start with some sports for crying out loud, especially when it's a game that went the way the game went last night for Montana. The Montana Grizzlies came out uh hot. What actually that's not true. They came out with great energy. You know, they we're when, ready to play they, for the first time in this season. Hundred percent. When, when we talked about the Georgia game and they were down they were down 50 points in 6 seconds and then they were then they were fine but it, seriously the first 8 minutes of that game i think it was 32 to 8 or something like that actually they were down i guess 15 to 2 and then that's eventually what it stayed at for in that georgia game but the point being is uh, it was the sc game that they were down like 32 to 8 you know 10 12 minutes into it but they had not been ready to play, and it's not—I don't even know if it's a mental thing. I think it's a little bit of a young team stepping onto, you know, a bigger arena and not really knowing how to react in that moment. All of that was gone last night, and they walked into the U-Dub unintimidated, inspired. They weren't hot early on either, but but Washington was woeful from the field. Credit Montana's defense. Washington was woeful from the stripe. Credit Washington, and. Scored 21 points in the entire half, the Washington Huskies. The Grizzlies only scored 33, but they're up 12. They could have been up 15. I mean, that was a good look at three at the at the end of the half by Vasquez, just rimmed out. But Montana goes into the break, up a dozen, and you go, okay, you know it's coming, you know that the the – The fire and the the energy is going to ratchet up for Washington, who does not want to walk out with what would be to them a very bad loss. Though I don't think it's as bad a loss as you might think, but it's still going to be a bad loss through the eyes of the Washington Huskies. And they did come out with that. But talk about the first half to start, Colter, because Montana, especially defensively, played a great, great half of basketball.
0: Travis DeKear said after the Elson christian game, I thought he made an interesting comment. He said, we've been in this position where guys are fighting for positioning within the rotation and and spots basically in the starting lineup or to be a part of that rotation instead of cultivating chemistry with each other. The Grizz routed Yellowstone Christian on purpose. They obviously wanted to get an easy win, operate their offense and things, but Coach Dekir left his best five in the game for like an 11 minute stretch in the second half, just so they could play together. I wanted to ask you this, how much do you think that
1: Yellowstone game, getting it on the schedule, not just getting the win, but getting the time, the rotations, whatever it might be, was was directly corollary to what happened last night.
0: Well, I think that Travis DeCure also mentioned after last night's game, he said, I sat down with the seven guys who I know right now are in our rotation individually. and I asked each one of them, what do you need from me? And here's what I need from you. Mm. So they finally had their roles defined. I broke the news last night about 45 minutes before tip, Cam Satterwhite left the program. Right. We don't need to go down that road right now in terms of analyzing what that means for this team going forward but I think it helps them more than it hurts them just because it removes a body. And all of a sudden now you can't start cultivating chemistry with each other. That's been my biggest question mark about this team. Derek Carter Hollinger, he's still coming back from an injury. So now you're talking about basically a six man rotation. I mean, Derek Carter Hollinger did play 10 minutes last night, but it's Kyle Owens, Josh Bannon, Josh Vasquez, Michael Stedman, Brandon Whitney, and Cam Parker. Mm -hmm. That's who they rolled with for pretty much the duration of the Yellowstone Christian game and pretty much the duration of the game last night. They turned the corner in what, internally, every, it was all about. Rather than battling for a position, now they're playing with each other. The basketball looks way more... Well, first of all, they were much more ready to go, but they, it, the basketball just looks way more pleasant as well. And you know, We've talked about this since the end of last season. You keep asking me, this new-look Grizz team, can they replicate the success that they've had under Coach Takir, which has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. 4 20-win seasons in the last five years. That's, That's right. right. And I keep saying... It's not because they're not talented. I just had a huge question mark of if and when they were going to gel. I honestly think getting more bodies back, ironically, could hurt this team initially because they're going to have to redo what they just went through the last two weeks. But I thought Montana looked a lot more in flow, a lot more competitive, a lot more ready to go, a lot tougher last night.
1: You talked about the fact that that they set this up with that Yellowstone-Christian game. And, and the rotation specifically being s- basically six, call it seven, guys. I'm not so sure, though, that that is cemented for the season.
0: Oh, my, it's not. My guess is— Oh, it's not. Derek Carl Harlinger is going to be a, a oh, big oh, yeah. part of this but, team. But my guess and, is— And Robbie Busey is going to have a say in the rotation as well. That Coach DeCure and Coach Cobb
1: were, had already obviously begun their scout on Washington. They were looking to that game last night, period. And that they knew what they wanted to do and how they wanted to attack. And they were implementing that in real live time against a team that they, you know, that they knew that they were going to handle and could start basically a a live practice, if you will, for that game last night. So if I'm Derek Carter Hollinger, you know, you don't get, you know, you don't get much time. Mac Anderson, you get zero minutes, you know, last night. You know, that doesn't feel great. But I also don't think that that is necessarily a reflection of anything other than that. That individual scout with that individual team, we'll see what it looks like going forward. I do think that we don't know all of what happened with with Cam Satterwhite, mm-hmm. he, but he was a guy who was brought in as a grad transfer and and a, a, a notable player in the Big Sky Conference that had an expectation that he was going to be, uh, you know, a starting or a rotation type of player. It it all went bad, and. I, you know, who knows all the different reasons why, but if a relationship or a, a situation sours, the quick, you know, the quicker that that is over and excised, and you just pull the bandaid off and be like, hey, you know, no, everybody can move on. And I don't know how much of that was at play here, but no question again, I'm not saying this is the only reason or even the central reason, but I do think it's part of, hey, okay, we're past that, we got role definition, Bunch of young kids aren't battling now on old grad transfer for minutes or whatever. You don't have that dynamic. You know that you're going to have to roll with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores on the perimeter, and and they looked. I mean, they looked outstanding. Obviously, getting a, a huge win against a Pac-12 opponent.
0: It was their ability to not crumble too. In the post-game <laughs> interview with Riley Cork and Charles Stikir said. Hard to explain. I go in the locker room, I don't really have a post-game speech. So many guys did what they needed to do for us to get this win. Sometimes in a game, and we've been in this position before, you think you might have a chance to pull away, and then it gets ugly, and that's and that was the grit that has been missing and that we were wondering if we had it. Now we know it's there. Now we have to just sustain it, and that's it. Coach DeCure, his style, you got to be tough. You have to play with grit, and yep. these guys didn't. And... <laughs> Travis is not going to ease you along. He's not going to no. hold your hand while you get used to it. Uh-uh. He's going to rip your head off. But they responded to that last night. Honestly, this game came completely down to the defense because Montana did not shoot the ball well whatsoever. They shot 34%. Mm-hmm. They only made four threes. Usually when you beat a power five, especially, you know, a program with as much prestige in the last you know in the modern generation as University of Washington, usually you hit a bunch of threes or you shoot the ball really well. They didn't. They killed UW at the free throw line 22 of 27 for the Grizzlies at the free throw line, 8 of 19 for Washington. But beyond that, it was more just the fact that they took control of the game and they never relinquished control of the game. This was not like a, you know, we're going on these crazy runs to answer runs. They were just in the lead. And they just kept the lead. Well, they, they did and they didn't, though. Well, Washington did take the lead for a brief moment in the second half, but then who steps up? Josh Vasquez and Brandon Whitney and, step and up and hit a few shots.
1: This is, I think, the, the critical stretch of this whole game. To be up 12 and know that coming out of the locker room, a Washington team you're going to have their attention they're going to be coming for you and they did and they closed that 12 point gap and actually did it in pretty short order in the first six eight minutes and then it was kind of nip and tuck close sure. game and Washington takes a three-point lead and at the point that I looked at you I think we, we were talking and, and uh it's like Coulter is this the first lead that they've had you text me back you're like yeah this is the first lead since like four to one or whatever that yep. Washington's had it's easy at that point. How many times have we seen it? An underdog has a lead. All of a sudden, the lead goes away, and they go, oh, oh no. Absolutely the opposite happened. Again, like you said, Vasquez and Brandon Whitney go on a 10 nothing run between the two of them, obviously the team playing defense, too, on the other end, and they get that lead back out to 6-8 points. And, man, it was over at that point. I mean, they broke Washington in that moment and down the stretch the last several minutes. I thought it was also telling it, because I also listened to, to Coach DeCure in the postgame with with Riley, he said, you know, in that moment, I. Uh, reflecting on it now after the game, he looked back at the Washington game two years ago and the yep. Stanford game before.
0: and The said, Stanford game that same, I guess it was, yeah, 2017, 2018. Right
1: couple of years back that were very winnable games that games that he felt like Montana could have and really should have win, won one and he said you know I didn't sleep very much that night because I knew I could have been better coach secure talking about himself now which you don't necessarily hear that often I think it's real but you don't hear him say it that often he said you know I knew that we could have been better he said in this game I thought uh, I thought the staff was fantastic you know said I thought that our timeouts were really well taken we're very productive we were ready to go and we were calm and I think that that, especially with a young team, is huge. It's it's what you say, but it is your disposition completely in those moments. And so, a ton of credit to them for and to him for learning from the past, where maybe he was a little hot under the collar and maybe unsettled guys rather than calming guys and understanding, you know, the right times to. To, to give it to him in the right times to pull back a little bit, clearly what he did last night was the right message at the right time, he and the staff, and they get a, an absolutely huge win. And especially having been hello 0-4 with then one, I mean, it's a win, but you know we all know sure. what the deal is. To win that game, all of a sudden, everything that people thought about or worried about Montana – in the negative side goes out the window and everything that people assume that Montana is going to be right now under Travis DeCure, and it's all back reasserted. This is probably the team to beat, certainly one of the teams to beat in the big sky. Despite conference record, despite non-conference record and everything, this is what this team is.
0: First win over a Pac-12 school by the Grizzlies since they beat UCLA. <coughs> ten years and a day. So that what it, it was? was the, it was the 10-year anniversary of the UCLA victory uh, that on Tuesday, and then mm-hmm. yesterday... Which also happened to be the 25th anniversary of Montana's first national championship. We'll get yeah. to that later on in this show, but uh, ten years in a day since the last Pac-12 victory, Travis DeKir, uh moved to two and 22, two and 22 against Power Five opponents. But this one's huge because he's from Seattle. They right. played Washington more than any other Power Five opponent, and so uh, it was a big victory for Montana to say the least. I do agree. It actually, it absolutely does reaffirm Montana as a front runner in the conference uh, race. Would Washington be a front runner in the Big Sky Conference race? Well, because I think the answer is definitively no.
1: Well, no, I'm not ready to say that. Uh, but I will say this: they're definitively not a front runner in the Pac-12. And you and I both, you know, we we were talking. They are a far far cry game. from what.
0: Washington basketball was for a long time. Here's what hard.
1: people may not know. When we, when in the rare occasion, which I said last night on Twitter, I'm watching this game in full and I'm watching it in real time. This is the right. last game I get to analyze on the radio. I'm here with you. But when we have games, whether it's Sunday football, college football, whatever, mm-hmm. and we're live tweeting and going back and forth on it, you and I always have a substratum text thread happening (laughs) in the background of all of this going back and forth to everything. And our conversation largely revolved around what do we think about the Washington Huskies? Now, I probably am not as down on this team as you are, but let's say this. Usually, you play a high major team, and it's obvious just from the bodies on the floor who the high major team is. It wasn't clear last night. Certainly in the backcourt, Montana, I think, had the, the, and you never say this, the physical Advantage. Now, in the front court, they had a couple of guys. I, I forget the, the young man's name, but you and I both said that is Dwight Howard. You know, 15 years younger, standing there, the 6'11 kid for Washington, who was, who was, you know, uh, he looks like the real type of Pac-12 player that you got. But by and large, Nate Roberts, Nate Roberts, Robert. thank you. But by and large, yes, you're right. That team, both in terms of of how they played and also the the level of athleticism that you expect out of a, of, of, a, of a high major school, you didn't see it the way you normally see it last night.
0: Well, and also I think that the fact that, I, and I had not really, because we didn't really notice him in the game that much, I didn't really realize, I, I had sort of forgotten that he had come back. But actually, I mean, Quade Green was a guy that flirted a little bit last year with maybe entering the draft early. And he's one of the higher scoring guards in the country this year uh, as a junior at washington and he you know he, i mean he's gotten a little bit of of hype yeah, he, he he might be a borderline nba guy but i guess the thing that was just so striking to me from the husky side of things is just that it's it's not just that they're a power 5 program and and honestly probably their success On the court, I mean, they have had some great runs, you know, when they, I mean, that run where they won the Pac-12 championship when Isaiah Thomas went nuts in the tournament and then they got a seed and they made a run in the NCAA tournament. They have had runs where they got number one seeds. I mean, I think they went to
1: a couple of sweet 16s. They did, but they didn't, but but,
0: but, I guess what I'm getting at, though, is they've had as many lottery picks. I mean, there's been three number one overall picks from the University of Washington in the last 20 years. That in itself is amazing. There's, I mean, what is it, Kentucky? And who else yeah. can say that? Yeah, I mean, and you're talking about other guys I like mean, Marquise Chris and guys like that that were top ten picks. I mean, <laughs> the they, Husky football team's the same. No, thing. I know, but but when you're here's the thing if you get, if you get the best dudes in Seattle to stay home and play for you, yeah, then you're getting some of the best dudes in the country, no, and then no. those guys are going go to go the league. I, I just I was just very taken aback with. The, the fact that they just really didn't have like that guy. Usually they have that guy, even if the guy's not even that good of a, like Marquise Chris was not even that good of a college right. player, but he was like, well, you know, he's the number six overall pick in the yeah. draft the next Normally, year. Normally
1: like an Oregon state or a Colorado, you go, okay, these are going to be really skilled guys. Sure. Good players, but maybe not necessarily the most athletic team. Generally in the heart of Seattle, the Seattle Tacoma basketball scene is a very high end one. And, the fruit of that scene did not appear to be on the floor for Washington last
0: night. And that's part of the the narrative. I mean, I, I don't want to waste too much time talking about the Huskies, but... You and I have a lot of crossover when it comes to that because we both spent time living out in that neck of the woods. And honestly, the first Division One team I really covered was the Washington Huskies. So I was living in Ellensburg, Washington, just about 90 minutes from Seattle. And I used to drive over and go to games because that was when... That's right. I mean, the Washington basketball at that moment was huge, not only on the UW side, but the Washington State side too because mm-hmm. Clay Thompson was at Wazoo. Mm-hmm. So like, I went and covered the rivalry games at Heckhead and in, in Pullman. I mean, that was so fun. But uh, uh, again... Sometimes when schools make decisions, you get what you deserve. I don't know what happened under Mike Hopkins. He was the Pac-12 coach of the year a couple times twice, in a row. Twice on four years. I don't yes. know if he just ran out of Romar, guys. But it seems very clear to me that they're, uh, they are uh, suffering from the decision to get rid of Lorenzo Romar. Here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, you know what? Does not
1: matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The Grizzlies beat Washington, who is still a, a, a formidable team. Of for- Look, they they played Oregon to three points. Yeah. You know, in their la- their last game out, there was a 75, 73, or 72 game, I right. think. So this is a team, um, you know, that has this regrettable loss in their schedule. I don't think that this is I, – I don't think it's the worst team by, by any stretch in the Pac-12. I mean, we'll find out. I guess maybe they are. But – uh, the point is is that you get a win in that city against that team, especially if you're Travis DeCure, and it is hugely impactful, it's meaningful, and it puts Montana on the map, and maybe it puts Washington someplace as well. One thing that we've harped on Montana for, statistically, so tol- this whole season, rebounding, Yep. and maybe this alludes to what we were talking about, but they had some dudes playing on the interior. Montana had nine Offensive rebounds and 25 defensive rebounds. Washington had 10 offensive rebounds and 25 defensive rebounds. Essentially a a dead heat. One more offensive board for the Huskies. But Kyle Owens was huge, especially on the offensive glass early in this game. Played a great game. And also this, all five starters, Owens, Bannon, Vasquez, Stedman, and Whitney. All double-digit scores. One of them with 10, one of them with 13. 13 the most points scored by any Grizzly, Kyle Owens, everybody else between 10 and 13 points. I mean, talk about even. It doesn't get more even than that.
0: Well, that's that exactly right there could be the thing that makes Grizz a, a real, real threat come March, both in the Big Sky Tournament and if they were able to make it to the NCAA Tournament. Just the fact that then he had in Cam Parker, the other guy who got six substantial minutes, and he had eight points. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they continue to share the ball like that, and they shoot it a little bit better than they did last night. They're going to be pretty much impossible to guard in the Big State Conference.
1: Next up for the Grizzlies, Dickinson State, coached by who? Coulter, Derek Selvin. Let's go, Derek Selvig, the head man now at Dickinson State. So that'll be uh, uh, a great, uh, a great game. Looking forward to that. And then Arizona, right, is still on the schedule. Is Arizona, that happening? yep, next Tuesday. Okay, so uh, there you go. The Montana State men's team is at Washington State tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, yeah, 5 o'clock. So, uh, and the Grizzlies game, by the way, against Dickinson State is tomorrow four o'clock. 4. Yep. So um, those couple of games tomorrow for you on the docket. But congratulations to Montana. Uh, this is a great one for me to ride out on anyways. Very happy about this, and, and I am excited. I'll be, you know of course, watching all these games throughout the season and tracking the teams and uh, and logging in and then tweeting about them and all that kind of stuff. So uh, looking forward to that. But a great win for Coach Cure, the staff, and the players as well. And I think... Usually players, especially young players or Division One guys that are starters, don't have a problem with confidence. But at some point, you still got to do it at yep. the level. You go in, you have this kind of win this early in your career, and you go, yeah, thank you very much, let's roll. So we'll see uh, where it goes from here for Montana. Take a quick break on the other side. A special Thursday edition of The Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports. We'll do it right after this. Hey, we live in this great state so we can enjoy it, right? And if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. Well, that is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up books from previous months. How about that? Go back in time. Get yourself up to the present day with Black Bookkeeping. Online, blackbookkeepingllc.com, blackbookkeepingllc.com. Go online and schedule a free consultation today. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw pigskin a quarter mile.
3: Are you serious?
1: I'm dead serious.
3: Try to be emotive
0: here, Tommy, or what? What's going well, on with this? there's this list of songs that Coulter gave me that he
3: wanted me <laughs> to play on the last day yeah. that would really help us all illustrate how he feels and how he's grieving the loss of his best friend is, on the radio. Is that
0: what's happening? And this oh, was the first man. song on the list. Can I tell okay? you something funny? Oh, please do. So I, I sent out a text to um, several people that know me well, my brother, his wife, a couple of my college best friends who are my roommates in college, and I just said, hey, what, uh, what song do you think of when you think of me? Because your "Rage Against the Machine" <laughs> intro is so good and it's so fitting for yeah, you, right? So all four of these people are completely unconnected. One of whom lives uh, in state but not in town. Oh, One of whom that lives in Portland, uh, and then my brother and his wife who live in Bozeman. None of these people are even connected to each other hardly at all anymore. I know what the all answer is for me. Four of these people sent back the song "Bet That" by Trick Daddy. <laughs> Is that what we're gonna do? That's, I guess, I guess that's what we're gonna do. Uh, Talk about riding around in his look, candy apple painted the, Cadillac. The, I mean, it's the greatest song ever.
1: The imaging that the two of you decided to come up with for uh, the 2021 and beyond is uh, is your business. If you open with Trick Daddy, it will make me very happy. Although I don't know if it's a great business decision, it's a great personal decision. Uh, that yeah, is, yeah, I sure.
0: think everybody that would get it would get it, but I think most of the people would be like, "What are th- what? What's that?" It's too telling to want us still.
1: And we're still listening to rage. What, what's, what's your idea. answer? For you? Yeah. Creed! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Right? Oh, they are man. a great band. And not just Eddie Creed. The one where, 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 where the guy, Scott Stapp, is flying through the air at Dallas Stadium. That's the one where he's <laughs> swinging from the thing. Uh, it's Thursday. We normally do this on Friday, but we're not waiting around anymore. By the way, Tutel Nuan is at Gus Tutel, at 1029ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Go follow along and stay in touch, all right? Boys and girls, I know it's Thursday. We've been talking about this already, but since I'm not here tomorrow or ever again, we're doing the chick who does no sports right here or right now. The swan song for me, certainly not for Carolyn, but Carolyn, it is wonderful to see you. How are you?
3: I'm good. I just want to make sure everyone is doesn't freak out. I will still be here. It's just Ryan leaving. No, no. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
1: all the things that are important are are not going anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just me, right?
0: Uh, i would surprised how many people have asked me, is Carolyn taking over as your co-host full-time?
3: Someone texted me that I should, and I laughed I've heard laughed. from a lot
0: of people that said that you should as well, and I told them there's zero chance that you could navigate a two-hour radio show without getting us thrown off the air by the FCC.
3: 100%. If you want to <laughs> give it a shot,
0: I'm happy for this
1: moment to be my last one, and I'll just head off over to the old
3: watering hole. Get out of here.
1: Uh, Carolyn... What do you got for us?
3: I have a lot, so just buckle up.
1: I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. All right,
3: so before I even start this week's, last week we talked about that ice cream, that Colin Kaepernick ice cream. Yes. And um, it was called World. I don't even know if we got to the the name name of it.
0: it. Sunflower (laughs) oil. Anyway, Yes.
3: later that day, my next door neighbor, Mike, texted me and said, what about peanut butter Kaepernick? and that was genius. Oh my goodness. And then I started thinking about other names and ice creams and I really didn't get very far. But I did think if Tom Brady made an ice cream, it would suck. And that's really all I have to say about yes. that. <laughs> the it would consistency definitely, is amazing. It would definitely be non-dairy and oh, yes. sunflower it butter. Oh be.
1: those would be all the things. Those would probably be the two. Uh, only two places where he and Colin Kaepernick would overlap is in their non-dairy sunflower Mm -hmm. butter.
3: I just needed to give my neighbor a shout out for that. Thank you.
1: Okay, great. Good lead. Thank you for making use of this valuable time.
3: Wow. Okay. Um, So UFC fighter Brandon Marino was hit so hard in his privates that during a recent UFC fight, that he actually had to, the referee had to make him take a break.
1: Okay, I mean, I don't, I don't really know much about UFC, but in fighting, that is not uncommon.
3: Well, I think that's how hard he was hit. That he had. Generally, you don't take breaks; you keep going. There's not really a lot of. Uh, I have seen, I
1: have seen plenty of 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 middle shots that have brought the whole thing to a standstill and you go on a nice walkabout and you take your time and you let the referee know when you're ready to continue with this thing. I have mostly in boxing. This, the referee
3: had to step in and say, walk it off, buddy. Yeah. He wants everyone to know though his stuff is okay.
1: Okay. Thank you for... Listen, it's your last
3: show. If you think I'm not going out without inappropriate discussions, (laughs) you are incorrect. I
1: mean, I don't know that it's inappropriate. I just find it superfluous, but that's fine. That's
3: good. Dropping the word. Big words. Yeah. jeez. Oh, okay, I don't know if you watched the Monday Night Football game. Greatest game of the year. He had to leave. Of
0: course I missed it. Go listen to the Grizz Fan Pod. It's so great. Call yourself a radio host. Don't even see the best game of the season. I was sitting there promoting our show that you're leaving. Terrible. Terrible choice.
1: All
3: right, can we come back to me? This is <laughs> my... Anyway, Marcus Peters appeared to hawk a massive spit loogie into Jarvis Landry's not face, but because he was in walking his direction. Away. In his oh, direction, oh boy. Um, cameras caught it, and then there was a lot of what's another word for uh, a
1: lot of discussion.
3: There was a lot of
1: discussion.
3: Discussion.
0: Verbal combat is
1: what verbal you know, combat. The call it these there days. was okay,
3: so there was a lot of verbal combat after the game. Lots of name calling, things like that.
0: But
1: it didn't happen in the moment because Jarvis Landry didn't know that it happened when it happened. Is that the deal? Well he
3: was walking away. I'm not sure if he knew what happened.
1: I didn't even see this thing.
0: If you were to have, you know, like what was akin to a rap battle, but like a verbal combat battle Mm. between the two greatest smack talkers in the league, Mm -hmm. it's Marcus Peters versus who? Josh Norman. Ooh.
1: But they're on the same side of the the ball.
0: ball. What about DK Metcalf? Because here we are now in DK Metcalf's second season, and this this season alone. He has gotten... He's drawn either a personal foul, a punch, or an ejection from Stephon Gilmore, yeah. Darius Slay, yeah. um, Dre Kirkpatrick from the Cardinals, and then last week against whoever the anonymous Jets DB is. But he, DK Metcalf has gotten four different corners to swing on him Here's this year. Here's the
1: thing. I think DK... Now, I, have, I, I do not question the man's oratory skills, and I'm sure he's got game. <laughs> but he is... A house. Oh yeah, and he puts it on, dudes. Oh yeah, physically, and so that is where I think most of that stems from is because these corners are not used to just being treated like rag dolls the way that DK can and does do to them, and and that is one way to get under the skin very quickly of the guy on the other side of the ball. He's not backing down from everybody, and I'm sure that's coming with some words. But to me, the the, the great skill of DK is being six four two and a quarter. Yeah and and letting it rip in that
0: direction who's the greatest smack talker in NFL history josh norman ever ever more than john randall josh norman John Randall made you think that he actually had just broken out he of the he, insane he, asylum. He, he was, wasn't talking smack. He was playing a professional wrestling that's character. Exactly
1: right. That's my point. Is that he <laughs> was out there with the face paint and the bug eyes. And you go. I want no part of this crazy person. <laughs> like, who is person. this person? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I'm at with with John Randall.
3: Maybe they should have an NFL roast, and they can all that would, that would be fun. Oh
0: man, that would be. That would. Did be I just come up with something? And you, like you did. The, this is the funniest part. Is I think that. Uh, the public is obsessed with you know the evaluation of football players and the NFL Combine is why it's such a big thing. And people think about, particularly when it comes to defensive backs, you know, how fast can he run, how high can he jump? That's what everybody mm-hmm. uh, engages in. Josh Norman's not the fastest or most athletic corner. He's plenty of both of those things. But he's made it in the league for so long because, I mean, it's a direct correlation, right? If you can talk smack like that, it, you can play corner in the league. That's what's so funny is, from a personality standpoint, no, most... No,
1: there's some guys who talked a lot of smack that couldn't play corner. In
0: no, all. that's true, but I'm saying, but on, conversely, though, there's most of the guys that are best, the best corners in the league are also among the best smack talkers in the league. Corner. Look at Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters has been faking it until he makes it for his whole career, but then, he's a, then he just became one of the best corners in the league.
1: Well, cornerback is not a position for the passive or, frankly, for the humble. That's right. You know, you got to go out there and think that you're the, you, you're the best, and that's and and that's real, and so and that comes with a, a lot of conversation. It's like
0: a couple of years ago, Big Sky kickoff, which we go to every year, mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, that particular year, four of the best players in the league were corners, and I, as we know in the Big Sky conference, there's great receivers, but I did a story and the way I, the, the uh, on the four corners, and I led with. You ask Xavier Coleman from Portland State, who's the best corner in the league, he says, Xavier Coleman. You ask LaShawn Sims from Southern Utah, who's the best corner in the league, he says, LaShawn Sims. And all down the line, every single one of those guys (laughs) is like, I'm the best corner in the league. There's no question who's the best corner in the league, it's me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's the position.
3: (laughs) That's funny. Okay, um, I do have some breaking news. Here we
0: go.
1: I, I doubt that. Okay, go ahead. You probably are right. Prove it to me.
3: Um, a bill has been proposed to members of Con- or from members of Congress. Oh my God! A bill has been proposed uh-huh. from members of Congress.
0: Okay, good.
3: <laughs> um, to change the business model of college sports. Am I breaking this news right now?
0: I haven't actually heard this.
3: All right, ching. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going. The NCAA is it AA? Do I say AA? Yeah, a? yeah you, a? Can you can say you it however you like. The NCAA Board of Governors is scheduled to vote next month on whether to change its rules to allow athletes to collect NIL payments.
1: That's right, name, image, and likeness.
3: Thank you, I didn't know what that meant. I know,
1: that's why I said that, I could see it on your face. So. What's a nil payment?
3: What's a nil? Um, So, (laughs) it was a 56 page proposal, outlining the changes would be name, image, and likeness, nil, Mm -hmm. revenue sharing, agents, medical care, and um, I had another sheet here about, I think, continuing school. So even if they they need to be able to graduate
1: Yeah, if they school. get injured or something yeah. or whatever, they still can stay on scholarship yep. and, and finish up the, their academic side of that yeah. thing. Uh, okay. That's great. So I, I'm, I'm with Coulter. I did not know about the, the, the sort of congressional part of so this. So you're the, saying- The NIL stuff It was breaking been, news. Well- I, I don't know if the if the necessity for all this had to be formalized by law. I guess I'm a little confused at the relationship between the you know congressional lawmakers and the NCAA. I mean the NCAA is a governing body that it seems like if they want to create a framework for doing well, all the things that this is doing they're trying they to can. pass a law but if they want to make it mandatory right. at the national level be, for whatever reason then then obviously that's a bigger uh uh hammer or whatever you know uh that, that would require that then and it wouldn't the ncaa would not then be at their whimsy to just change it again down the line if they chose to or what whatever yeah. so maybe that's that's the bigger part of this uh It'll be interesting I'd be I you know I'd like to know some of the specifics on it the agent thing I think is is a little bit new and the revenue sharing is also uh, a very eyebrow raising part would you like to the hear NIL what it is? stuff and the the healthcare I think I'm aware of so
3: It says athletes in the sport that generate more revenue than the total amount of money that is spent on scholarships <laughs> in that sport would be entitled to share 50% of the money left after scholarships are paid
1: That's a huge amount of money
3: Yeah Well, split amongst however many.
1: It's a huge amount of money.
3: Um, The sports that currently generate enough money to qualify for this revenue sharing, football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball. Hmm. Look at me with dropping knowledge.
1: Knowledge. Great work, Carolyn. Way to get into a sports thing on this final show.
3: Well, I'm trying to get this co-host position. Right. So, Well, we'll see.
1: You know, we've only had to edit out about 11 minutes of this. 13-minute segments so far, so that's great.
3: Okay. This has been a great last show. I have one last story <laughs> to end on a positive note. Oh,
1: boy. Okay.
3: Um, the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, the NFL commissioner.
1: Good start. The Super Bowl or the commissioner.
3: Sorry. Take two. The NFL commissioner is proposing, um, they're discussing with public health officials. Yes. To invite vaccinated healthcare workers to the Super Bowl as their guests, mm. so then there would be health. Um, they're giving Super Bowl tickets to frontline workers, which I think is so cool, and then there'll be an audience at the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, so this is that's that's a He's great story. It's very interesting. <laughs> the Super Bowl is in February. I mean, it's only it's like, it's not even two months away yeah. in in theory right now, which does not obviously put it in a place where all of a sudden you're going to be able to have fans at it, at least on any sort of scale. Now it's in Tampa. There are fans at Tampa Bay games right now. uh, I don't know how many, like maybe like 12,000 or something. Wow. So within the ordinance of the city there, there would be, you know, or the state and so forth, there would be people uh, presumably that would be able to go to the Bowl, But if, as these vaccines roll out, uh, you know the 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 league and the city and all of that are confident uh you know in in you know displaying folks that have that and and you know are are confident in it i could see them really bringing a lot of people to this thing i don't know if you could go full boat per se with it but i mean the league um the league could use a little bit of uh good publicity and see, here's the, you, here's if the if you craziest 40, part: forty thousand healthcare workers at the Super Bowl.
3: I don't think they're going to fill. Do uh, 40, I don't think so either. I don't but think I mean, forty thousand healthcare workers would do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like, um well, that's not safe.
0: Well, I think they would
1: if I they've guess been if vaccinated. They're
3: vaccinated yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. I,
0: I, uh, what you just said though is, I don't want to completely take this off the rails, but what you said is one of the most fascinating phenomenons in all of America to me. Most entities do need good publicity. The NFL doesn't. They are a horrific organization in a lot of ways, and literally no one cares. Here's the thing:
1: I don't believe I said need. Maybe I did. I just said could use.
0: Could use. Sure. I
1: mean, they 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 but, but, always but, but, have. But what a does thing. it
0: actually do? Because here's the craziest part about the league: you and I both understand almost fully all of the the bad parts about the league, whether it's Football Inc or the, the lack of care of players or the mental health or the drug testing or lack thereof or the fact that you can commit horrific crimes and still, if you can play football, you are in the league, period. And we we both understand, right? Mm-hmm. And we still spend what amounts to like a part-time job watching the NFL every single Speak
1: week. Speak for yourself. I'm
0: more dedicated. So, uh, <laughs> I know you are. Time I mean, job. you walk like- Full-time work. You watch like five or six full games <laughs> a week. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying is, though, the only way it would ever change to the point where the NFL actually did need good publicity is if people turned off the TV. No one's turned off the TV. More people are tuning in than ever.
1: But here's the thing. For, for any entity, I mean, take Amazon, for instance. I mean, I could point out to you a dozen things that I think are significant shortcomings, if not outright failings, Ethically, morally, whatever, corporately, on the part of Amazon, people I, I, still shop there because they also think that first of all, what they're the product that they're getting or the way that they're getting it is what they want, which certainly football delivers on. But also because they think that that you know it maybe is par for the course for for the NFL. I could point out probably another. 10 or 20 good things, positive things, things that they do do things that they do in their communities and their cities and so on. Like if it was just bad, if I thought the NFL was just like an evil entity, which I don't, it would have an effect on the way in which I perceived it, consumed it and so on. And there's plenty of negatives to point out. Like there would be with any multi-billion dollar empiric sort of thing like the NFL is. And also, you know, there's some good things and they're looking to find as many of those as they can to put out there. And I think it's a balancing act. I really do.
3: Well, I think this is pretty cool and I hope they invite teachers too. Just a little plug for the teachers. Mm. Anyway, that's all I got.
1: Carolyn, I've enjoyed this almost completely.
3: Are you crying? Cause it's cause we're. Is done that what with
1: you're it? hearing in my it feels voice? Like are you're crying. You, are you, yeah. I know. Yeah, you this are. is me bawling my eyes out, <laughs> uh, but I have enjoyed being with you each and every Friday for these past many months. I am excited to listen from the road to the continuing Chick Who doesn't know sports in 2021. You have been a huge, huge uplifter to this show, certainly to the day uh, that you come in here and do it. So thank you so much for Aww,
3: being here. Thanks. Oh, same to you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Chick doesn't know sports.
0: Brought to us by the Iron Grizz. <laughs> that. Coulter. She, Carol just wants to be famous, that's all. Iron Grizz she American Bistro. Yeah, she is famous. Iron Grizz American Bistro. Their food should be famous. No doubt. Located at the University of Montana Golf Course down there on South Avenue. Give us a call right now. Second caller, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. We got to gift certificate for you to go try the Iron Grizz boil what's that you ask spicy crawfish with uh, jumbo shrimp corn on the cob poached red potatoes and sausage served with garlic drawn butter delicious we got two kettle house beers and Iron Grizz boil second color 3613688 go check out the Iron Grizz American Bistro today
1: the best sports moment over my time on the radio coming up next
2: if you can't be an athlete be an athletic supporter
0: Silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions podcast series commemorates Montana's epic run to its first national crown. Now you have a chance to own a piece of history by purchasing a custom piece of art specifically commissioned to accompany this epic archiving of history. One of a kind painting features Hall of Fame quarterback Dave Dickinson, legendary Grizz head coach Don Reed, and Andy Larson, the Helena native who drilled the game-winning kick to lift Montana to a 22-20 victory over Marshall on December 16, 1995. The cat sat on the Secure this limited-edition work of art while supplies last to ensure no Grizz fan ever forgets that historic moment. To purchase number 195 championship, a -a one-of-a-kind painting by former Grizz wide receiver Ryan Bagley, visit rbagley3.com or check out grizzgreats.com and click on the link, or you can visit the ESPN Missoula Facebook page for more information. From full-size canvases that are professionally framed to prints, hooded sweatshirts, and T-shirts, don't miss your chance to get this one-of-a-kind painting by a Montana artist for the great people of Montana. Visit rbagley3.com or grizzgreats.com to make your purchase today.
2: Connections are what bring us together. Whether halfway around the world or in the office next door, Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more.
1: You may not For my last day, you guys are really missing the mark on uh you know like my just the things I like.
3: For the entire career that you've been on the air here, you have also kind of been missing the mark. It's mean, <laughs> kind of a
1: broad statement, isn't it? <laughs> It's 2 is one of ESPN Radio, rounding out uh, the hour with some slow country, which uh, I don't know who it is or what it is, and that's, you know, that's me, okay? No judgment here past if that's, you know, your favorite artist there. Uh, in any case, uh, Coulter, we wanted to do something here on my last day on the show and go through and kind of think about some of the best moments, and I have what I think is a definitive best sports moment now I want to be clear I, I don't i don't know what my my greatest or favorite moment in the history of the show or maybe being on the radio is i don 't have I have so many great ones and i 'm not sitting here trying to rank them but I have what I think is my very best sports moment now the sports moment that I think probably brought maybe it was most exciting for me personally is being on site in Boise for tickets being punched to the big dance twice particularly by the Montana Grizzlies is obviously the team that we cover the closest that did that Mm -hmm. and to watch the emotion and the fulfillment I'll never forget for instance Travis DeCure the first time they went and that was in Missoula if I remember correctly no was it in Boise it wasn't Boise okay because
0: they lost in Missoula okay so it was
1: Eastern Washington in any case but he uh you know picking up his very young daughter at the time, probably four or five years old at the time and holding her, you know, and carrying her around and so forth. I mean, what, what a moment because you see the marriage of the personal and professional life and goals all coming together and, and sports delivers something that you cannot get anywhere else, which is uh, first of all, these definitive winners and losers, but also these, these moments that are goal life accomplishments that happen for everybody to see. And so those are very, very tough to beat. But probably the biggest sports moment happened very early in my uh, career, if I can, can I? Seems like too big a word <laughs> on the radio, uh, and it—it's honestly one of the most ambivalent I've ever been in. I mean, it was to be pulled in so completely in two very opposite directions. But you know that I'm a huge Packer fan. I'm also a big Seahawk fan, and I also was able to go to a number of Seahawks games covering them uh, over the years, which I've been fortunate enough to do. And one of the games that I went to was what was then in 2015, coming out of the 2014 season, 2015 NFC Championship team between Green Bay and Seattle. And for those who will remember, uh, and I'm sorry to do this to my dear mother, who is Nothing of a Seahawks fan is only a Packer fan and is <laughs> not wanting to relive this because uh, it's one of her worst moments. But Green Bay is up, you know, three scores with five minutes to go. Ticket, I mean, people are buying tickets. Our boss was on the phone buying plane tickets to the Super Bowl, ready to go to the Super Bowl, and the Seahawks, you know, score have a touchdown i think russell Wilson had four interceptions in that game it was awful in every single way they go down uh uh end up scoring a touchdown get the unbelievable onside kick the last play who, who is it i forget his name and that's why because he's off the team the next day but uh you know the, the, the jordy nelson is supposed to be recovering the kick it's set up for him it goes off the helmet of the guy who's supposed to be blocking the seahawks recover they go score Russell Wilson does his runs three question mark patterns in the backfield and throws up just a loft type of a two point conversion that they get. Then, by the way, the Seahawks are up three. Mason Crosby has got to bang like a 47 yarder in regulation to score, uh, uh, you know, to move it to overtime. Now, I haven't I don't know that I've said this before. I think it was obvious enough at the time, but enough time has passed. Uh, I certainly did not have a field pass. In fact, I didn't even, the seat that I was at, because they bring in so many people for these games, media, it's one of two games, the biggest game other than the Super Bowl of the year. They brought in an extra row of seating into the press box, and it's a huge press box, as you might imagine, in what is now Lumen Field, then CenturyLink. And you're sitting back there, and so everybody's got these tables, and then they got stools above the tables, and then they got the tables where you're just supposed to eat lunch, where you absolutely have no view of the field. That's where I was assigned. I was actually facing a wall and was, you know, if I was sitting in my assigned seat, I was going to watch the game on TV just like everybody else just happened to be sitting in the press box while I was doing it. I could not look at the game. Now I could stand up and take a look at it. And anyway... You know, I did that for a while, and I'll tell you what—I was just very happy to be able to cover a game of that magnitude. I mean, that's a big deal to be at a, no, a, at a conference championship game in the NFL, and it was—it was—it was, uh, it was, it was uh, 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 enjoyable for me in that professional respect to be able to do that. Uh, but then at some point, I was like, "Okay, I think this game's over. I'm going to start walking down to the locker room," and. Because, you know, it it's not always clear where you're supposed to go. You know what I mean? And you sort of follow the herd in instances like that. But I, I've been there enough to know kind of where I want to go. And I want to get in and have like a good seat in the press, you know, conference and that. And I start walking and I am in the bowels of CenturyLink Field at the moment that the onside kick is recovered. And I hear this rumble and I go, what in the heck happened? Well, as I'm walking to go to the locker room, I see you know, the tunnel going out to the field. I got my press credential. There's a, a thousand members of the press. And I said, well, this Cut. is what I'm doing today. So down the thing I go, and it says very clearly on there, this is not valid for field access, but there's nobody really checking. The game is almost over. I walked out and stood on the field for the last three minutes of that football game. The overtime touchdown to Jermaine Curse. I don't know that there was a member of the press closer to his reception than me. I was standing wow. in the end zone on, on the sideline, but in the end zone and watched the perfect catch. Touchdown and then just the eruption of everything in total chaos. I go running onto the field with my little recorder in hand again, aware that I'm not supposed to be there. But at this point, <laughs> let her rip. So uh I remember Michael Bennett, if you'll remember, had uh, obtained himself a police bicycle and was riding it around the field. I won't relate to you the conversation that he had with a couple of us, but it was enjoyable and uh, quite funny and went around. But who was I looking for the entire time? A rookie on that football team, Brock Coyle from the University of Montana. And now here's this kid, undrafted, great grizzly football player, makes the team, had interviewed him a couple times in the locker room throughout the season, made a couple trips over to it. But here is a guy who in his first year in the NFL is going to the Super Bowl and was, by the way, on the field, you know, for the first play, of the, Play in special teams, everything like that, and tracked him down. And there he was, and he and I are standing there face-to-face. He's not with any – I mean, he's just – it's just – I mean, the glitter and the, 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 you know, stuff is shooting out with the confetti and everything like that going off – and everybody's just in the daze. I mean, no one can believe players, coaches, fans, anything, what they've seen for, for better and worse. Backer fans completely just don't know what to do with themselves. Seahawks fans also in the other direction don't know what to do with themselves. And this was our 27-second conversation on the field, probably 120 seconds after this game comes to a conclusion.
0: Congratulations,
1: for you going to the Super Bowl. We're proud of you back in Missoula, my man. I want you to know that. Thank you. How you feeling Thank right you. now? game and then you get an onside kick you make a play you're on special teams you're out there when it happens we just
0: finish that's all we do that's all coach carol preaches is finished and we just did it baby I'll
1: tell you what to be at that game with those two teams and by the way the super bowl is great they never covered a super bowl uh the Super Bowl is a neutral site deal. It's 50, right. 50, you know, it's, it's just a whole different deal. This is the biggest game where you have, and then to have a guy from your home state, hometown, home team, right. who's there doing it in the moment. And then it just happened in the swarm of, of nuttiness to have that. It's a pretty remarkable moment. Like there's a lot, I don't, know, I don't want to be too fatalistic about it, but sort of feels a little providential and you know how I feel about that kind of thing. I'm mm-hmm. into it. And so I, I uh, you know, to, to have had that, Happened, and I drove away from that game. This is in 2015. I've been on the radio two months and I go, I just was at and witnessed the single biggest sporting event that I will ever do. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you could send me to any World Cup. You could send me to any Olympics. You could send yeah. me to any Super yeah. Bowl. And for that game with those two teams and for it to go the way that went, it's a moment in time that is absolutely never going to be replicated. And then to have the direct tie back to your home state, your home radio and all of that that's going on, it was a complete miracle. And so that is that goes down as my most memorable, I won't say best, but most memorable sports moment of my time on the radio. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, that that soundbite is epic. It's timeless. It's uh, something that you'll never forget. And I think that, I mean... Talk about your affinity for both of those teams, too. I mean, that, that ramps it up quite a bit as well. Totally. But the personal connection and and just knowing Brock like we do, I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets, man.
1: I mean, I was I go into the Packers locker room after that game. There's Julius Peppers who's never been to a Super Bowl. It's the closest he ever got to one, standing there with his shirt off. Shirt off. And it is it is one of the only times in my life I've been actually afraid of the presence of a person because of just the, he, I mean, just an incredible person. He, and then you know, we're sitting there trying to think of a question to ask and there's no good question to ask. I mean, there's nothing to say in the, in the loser locker room. There's Aaron Rodgers standing there. He's walking around, you know, not overly relaxed, I guess I would say. And then you go into the Seahawks locker room and they're taking pictures with the, you know, with the championship trophy and it's just, you know, unbelievable. And you, you know, everybody can't wait to talk about it. And Bruce Irvin doesn't know what to say. And, Michael Bennett and the whole thing and it was just it was such an amazing dichotomy and an amazing moment You saw everything that you could see the whole spectrum on display for you. Coulter I know we got to get out. I know we got a second hour to do Tucker's coming in, but I got something for you You got something for me. I got something for you. It's our last day. Oh here to gosh gather. So I've dug into the bins now, you know, I'm moving out of my house yeah. So you're actually doing me a favor on okay, okay? I'm clearing stuff out of there Because we got to get, we got to fit it all into a trailer. It's just, I don't know how it's going to happen. If all the kids make it, that's going to be great, you know? But I know you're into this. It's not great, but such as it is, here you go. (laughs) look at this. You know what that is? Now, I've wrapped it very nicely uh, in a couple of uh, uh, plastic bags here. Wow. Well, sports card action. My my basketball card collection, such as it is, uh, from me to you. I would say I don't know. We got. You've been through. You've seen this very binder before. I don't know what's in it, but it is from the good days. I mean, there's got to be a dozen Michael Jordans in there. Oh yeah, there's some Scotties. There's one of the great pictures of Bill Lambeer who's wearing very short shorts and a very low-angle camera. It is probably my favorite card. I can't believe that it made it onto a thing. That should be worth a million bucks, the Lambeer, in there just for the very picture of it. But I uh, I needed it in good hands who I could trust to know what to do because I don't have a clue what to do with this thing. So, uh, you know, there very you cool, go, my man. man. Thank you very much. You're this, the is, best. this is... Uh this is sweet. I uh, put, put I it use, with the other two hundred thousand that you've got somewhere oh, I in have there. So many more than two. <laughs> oh, now you got two hundred thousand and uh, and ninety. Okay, Ooh, a little Larry Legend page here. These are nice. Now, you if you go to all the way to the back, cares? I'm trying to swing you over here. I actually even have a few hockey cots. I saw that. Too. Yeah, yeah, so you I saw that. that. Uh, it to tell and two ninety 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hour number one in the books, a little more than hour number one per usual. It wouldn't be our show, Tommy, if we didn't run all the way over and we're in danger of breaking the FCC code for not running the ID within 10 minutes at the top of the hour here. But you know what? I care about that. Not at all. I not know. at all.
3: We're seven years deep.
1: You yeah, never I could, was about then? to say, I was about to say because is my last day, but actually never have I care. <laughs> Yeah, much you, you've done so much researching other stations to know when the best time to go to break is never happened uh anyway we'll take a quick break and then very excited about this 25 years yesterday the 25 year official to the day anniversary of the montana grizzlies winning the their first ever football national championship and uh, we have Uh, the catalyst of that entire team, by everybody's admission, Dave Dickinson. His episode is up. You're going to hear a piece of that conversation right after this. Hey, what if there was a better place where you could walk in and get physical therapy and pay a flat fee and feel better. Well, guess what? There is Trek. It's Missoula's only walk-in physical therapy office. Trek offers physical therapy on your time and with a flat fee so you can feel better faster. No need for referrals, not for insurance. You just go in. You can go online, physiotrek.com and book your appointment and feel better. If you want been wanting to try dry needling or see if a more specific stretch might help you, well, you can do that right now at Physiotrek. Online, physiotrek.com. Again, P-H-Y-S-I-O-T-R-E-K-K. Physiotrek.com. Book an in-clinic or telehealth appointment today. That's right. You can do it over the the, the FaceTime or the Skype or whatever you want. Physiotrek.com, P H Y. S I O T R E K K physiotrek.com. Boogie, let's go racing,
0: boys. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear.